Hi listeners, Jenna here. I just wanted to pop on here real quickly to reiterate that we do spoil the endings of the book's review, so if that is not your jam, then please read the book and come right back to this episode. But if you're okay with us talking about the entire plot, twists and all, then please keep listening. We're so happy you're here. If she was a human, ain't no chance she's staying with Tammy. She's dead in a couple of years. That's like, what, a blink of an eye for them? They live to be, like, thousands of years old. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Weston, and with me today is Sierra Marshall to talk about... To finally talk about A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, also known as Akatar, also known as the series that has been flooding your social media channels, including BookTok, Bookstagram, Pinterest, YouTube Shorts, YouTube, among many, many, many others. Uh, this book series has just absolutely exploded, especially among the fantasy and romance fantasy uh, genre lovers out there. But I feel like this is a book that if you are a book podcaster or you talk about books on social media, it's kind of a rite of passage in a way that you have to touch on this book. So here we are, finally discussing uh, this book, and there will be some episodes to follow where we dive a little bit deeper into the rest of the series. Don't worry, we are not deep diving every single book, but we will do a follow-up episode where we get to discuss some of the other books in this series. Sierra has been trying to get me to read this book since we started this podcast, so that was about two years ago. So this is an episode two years in the making, uh, and I finally caved. We finally did it. And I thought it was a perfect time because last week, you may have noticed we did not release an episode and that was my bad, but I was on my honeymoon and we were, you know, sipping my ties on the beach and reading lots and lots of books. So uh, I thought it was a perfect time to finally dive deep into Akatar because I had the time to not only read the first book, but finish the series while I was uh, on the beach with my husband, so it was lovely. Coming from myself, who was an absolute Akatar virgin, I steer cleared of all the memes and all of the reels and all the TikToks and everything that was discussing this book so I could thoroughly enjoy the experience of reading this book for the first time and not having any spoilers. So it was hard work on my end, I would say, uh, to curate my feed to make sure that they never showed me anything, but we did it. And I think it was a really fun conversation to to talk with Sierra, who I would consider a Sarah J. Mass expert. So enjoy this conversation because I know I did. And I hope you have a book in your hand, a drink in the other hand, uh, and your headphones in your ears listening to us. So without further ado, let's pop some corks and get reading. Well, Sierra, welcome uh, to, I would say it was our first, it's our first recording of the new year. Yes. Of uh, 2024. Um, first recording of season three of Red Wine Reads. So excited. And I thought we had to start off with a bang. So of course. here we are. <laughs> Talking about... Uh, the legendary Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. Sarah, how long have you wanted to read this book on this podcast? I, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, since I read her books and I started this podcast, I think it would have been <laughs> probably since then. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so excited because... Actually, out of all of Sarah's books, this is the only one I hadn't technically read, um, and that has to do with the fact that my friend was telling me about the series when she had first started it, and she's like, I don't know if you'd like the first book, but like getting into the other books, like you would like, I don't know if you would like the world building. So it's kind of like dipping my toes in, and then oh. I just, I just kind of skipped over it. I went ahead and bought the second one, and 
And so she was like, yeah, I don't know if you would have liked the first one, but I definitely think you'll like all the other ones. It's just like the world buildings a lot. And come to find out, I absolutely love her world building, so it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Fascinating. Uh, That's an interesting point. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess you totally could just like keep, I I don't know. The the first book, there's not a whole lot of complicated plot line Mm -hmm. that you can kind of get it just from talking to someone. I think the Sarah J. Mass girlies will be mad at me for saying that, <laughs> but it is the truth. I'm like, I went back and read it, but I didn't have the same experience as everyone else in regards to certain characters or falling in love with certain characters the way that like other people did. So, okay. Sorry. Well, I read we, it now. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into it. Uh, this is kind of fun because for me... Uh, the first time I heard ACOTAR was through Sierra, uh, and I had no idea it was an acronym. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'll just, like, nod <laughs> and, you know, yeah, we should read that. Um, <laughs> and then I've been seeing it all over everywhere, and, um, I've done a really, really, really good job at not spoiling things for myself. So, like, I literally don't know anything. I always, like, if I see something pop up, I scroll through it right away. So, I don't have any context of what happens in the rest of the series. Um, I don't have any context of, like, who is who past this first book. So, you're really getting a very uh, fun listening experience with a complete Akatar virgin here. So, this is fun. (laughs) And this makes me think, like, for us... We we should not read the third Crescent City until you're finished with these. Yeah. I no, mean, I we can agree. read. I mean, I know I can read it because I know. <laughs> but oh. you need to not read it until you're done with the series, I think. Well, the, yeah, the good thing is I can't even remember how the second one, the second Crescent City series ended. So oh, um, I'm going to I, I want to reread them anyways. So. <laughs> We're deep. We're going to go deep into Sarah J. Mass this year. Uh, so awesome. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, it's our year. So this, uh, let's get started <laughs> with some fun quick facts. You know, everyone probably knows, but, you know, here we are. So this book was published in 2015, but really gained attention in the last, I would say, two years or so, uh, two, three years. Um, yeah. This is book one of a four-book series, five-book series. There's, like, a book that's kind of a, I don't even know what you would call it, like a transitional... uh, I would say the Massiverse. Yes. Um, It relates. So you have A Court of Thorns and Roses, A Court of Mist and Fury, A Court of Wings and Ruin, A Court of Frost and Starlight, and A Court of Silver Flames right now. Yes. And then she's coming out, or she's working on the sixth book, I guess. The sixth book. Okay. Here we are. Um, the first book has a 4.2 out of 5 on Goodreads. Um, this is where I got so confused, because I was reading this book at my lunch break, and I'm in my friend, like, everyone in my office has read this, too. So they're all, like, waiting, like, on the edge of their seat, like, for me to read this so that they can finally talk about it in the office. And... Uh, cause again, strict boundaries. I was like, y'all cannot talk about this book when I'm here. Like I, I, I want this to be fresh. And, um, so I'm reading it and I text my friend Lindsay who's in the other room and I was like, this is a YA book? Like exclamation question mark. And she goes, no. And I go, what? And so I was like, how did I get that in my head? This is why, because... It was nominated for a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Young Adult Fantasy and Science Fiction in 2015, uh, which confused me. And so I, I Googled, is, is Akatar uh, YA? And it says it's for new adults, a publishing yes. term that denotes a book for people in their 20s that have graduated from the YA genre. So that yes. makes more sense. Uh, <clears throat> because I think she's kind of gone away from even calling... like and. Yes, because her other books, her whole Throne of Glass series is YA. Um, And so people kind of automatically kind of put this into that same category. But as she's progressed, 
she's kind of been like, yeah, it's not really YA. It's a little bit more new adult. And then I think she even stepped back from even that. And she says it's um, like a fantasy romance. So romance fantasy, more or less. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Because I, <laughs> I, I got to the closet scene and I was like, what? <laughs> This can't be. Like, this uh, but kids can't read this. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh my god, cover your eyes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> but it makes sense um, that it's a new adult uh, series. And going off of that, it, this is technically a banned book uh, because in 2022, or it's a banned series. I shouldn't say. Uh, but in 2022, according to the American Library Association's Office of Intellectual Freedom, Intellectual Freedom. A Court of Mist and Fury was tied for the 10th most banned and challenged book in the U.S. Um, so, gotta love that. I absolutely love that. That we're reading bit. I think it's series. hilarious. Especially considering, like, this isn't... This is, like, one of the most mild books in her series. And, I mean, yeah. other than, of course, like, the Third of Glass series, like I said, is YA. But this this specific book quite tame yeah well and this one wasn't banned the a court of mist and fury was the okay one that, that makes it more sense well okay and that that's makes also much more sense to me that's also why i was so confused because everyone was like yeah this is like the tame one compared to like the rest of the series thinking mm-hmm. that it's ya so then i was like this is the tame one for young adults reading this book <laughs> like oh my god and then uh i was educated and now I understand, and now I'm much better with it. Um, but, you know, this this book is still massively popular. Over 36.7 thousand people added this to their Goodreads TBR list on January 1st of this year. So um, wow. it just keeps, keeps getting bigger and bigger. There is a Hulu adaptation in the works, though there's some mm-hmm. talk that she has um, since pulled back because she deleted her original Instagram post from March 2021 that was um, talking about the show. They're supposedly working with Ron D. Moore, who is the creator of another romantic fantasy series turned TV show, Outlander, Outlander. Um, which Ella and I just recorded an episode. Uh, it By the time this has been released, that one also has been released. So if you haven't listened, go listen to that one. Um, but yes, uh, which I think they did such a freaking good job with that so i would be really excited Mm -hmm. if they come back with uh this series but who knows we shall see yeah and i (laughs) i will also say like the fact that these this series is banned kind of makes me laugh because my high school and middle school library had way more (laughs) graphic books so and i was reading this stuff in high school so (laughs) Say what you want. Well, Sarah J. Mass is a kid. <laughs> nice transition. Um, Sarah J. Mass started re- writing her first series when she was 16 years old, which then became Throne of Glass. Um, she is also known for, as we keep referencing, Crescent City, um, her Crescent City series, which the third one comes out as we're recording this. Um, I think the 30th. Comes out the 30th. Yeah, so 10 days yeah. from now. Um, and... She used to write Sailor Moon fan fiction in her youth, and she also grew up on Stay. the Upper West Side of Manhattan. So, that's Sarah J. Mass. Uh, let's dive right in. I mean, what are we drinking today? Oh, crap. <laughs> Let me go grab something. Hold on, actually, I will. I'll be right back. Give me one second. We'll cut this. We are drinking a Cran Raspberry Spritz. Oh, wow. That was quick to make a full cocktail. Oh. It's just um, champagne and ocean spray. I love that. Um, well, I, um, we went a little hard in the paint last night, um, so I am drinking a chamomile tea um, out of a very... Um, That's adorable. It's a nice... It's a very fey cup. Yes, I was going to say, it's a very like medieval-looking cup, so uh, yeah. that's... Uh, for our <laughs> listeners, that's what it looks like. But anyways, um, <laughs> if I sound also- out of breath, I just ran and made a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We commit to it. Uh, <laughs> let's get into our plot or our plot summary. So, uh, when 19-year-old Huntress Feyre 
kills a wolf in the woods, a terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution. Dragged to a treacherous magical land she knows only from legends, Feyre discovers that her captor is not truly a beast, but one of lethal immortal, but one of the lethal immortal fairies who once ruled her world. At least, he's not a beast all the time. As she adapts to her new home, her feelings for the fairy Tamlin transform from icy hostility into a fiery passion that burns through every lie she's been told about a, the beautiful, dangerous world of the Fae. But something is not right in the fairy lands. An ancient, wicked shadow is growing, and Feyre must find a way to stop it or doom Tamlin and his world forever. There's a lot more that happens, but I'm sure we'll get into it as we talk. But yes. basically, um, this is a Beauty and the Beast fanfic, is yes. what it boils down Yep. <laughs> Uh, they even model Tamlin, like, almost perfectly after the Beast, um, in the movie. Um, so, I, I say that because I would love to talk about your first impressions, because, again, I went into this completely blind, I didn't even know it was a Beauty and the Beast fanfic type situation. (laughs) So, um, I, after, like, closing the book, first impressions, I was like, you know what, I liked it. It was based in something familiar, yet she gives mm-hmm. you, like, a, she builds off of that, adding those mag- magical elements that is new, building on that, adding that magical new world um, that you're not used to. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. Like, initial feelings. Yeah, I I think from the get-go, I think having read her other series, mm-hmm. this one wouldn't have necessarily called my attention as much and so in that way I guess my friend was right in suggesting somewhat that I skip this where you're getting into the meteor part of the series a little bit later on I think this book kind of starts off slow um other than the fact that she her doors all busted down by this crazy fae but I think in general um like, compared to how some of her other ones first start, I think this one was a little bit slower. And then and then we get into, like, the more of the meat of it in, like, the second part of the book. Yes, I think, I think like, what you said makes sense. I mean, like, it, I guess the whole hype surrounding it fell a little flat with this first mm-hmm. book, which I hear from everyone that this is not, like, you know book two is where it's at and then like from there it built (laughs) and so it's like I understand that this was a little slower a little like uh her getting her feet under her like us trying to get Mm -hmm. our feet under us while we're reading trying to establish herself I didn't mind the world building as much like I think it was interesting um it actually reminded me a lot of Red Queen and how that one starts um but it like I liked the beginning a lot. I liked the mm-hmm. end a lot. Where it lost me was, like, the beauty and the beast of it all. <laughs> like, I think, <laughs> I think, like, I came in and I was, like, asked one of my coworkers, dude, when do these masks come off? Because I am <laughs> distracted and they're silly and it makes zero sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what you I felt. Think... So, I think... Um... I think this book did a really good job, that first part of, like, giving me more about Feyre, like, establishing her as a character. And I think that's vital, because later on, like, we see, like, under the mountain, how all of those things play into her as a character. Mm -hmm. And even further down the line in the series, like, how that really, like, shows who she is and how she decides things, and what are deal breakers for her because of her life before, and because of her life in the spring court, and how that has kind of developed, and her relationship with Tamlin. I think that the masks were silly, but I also think of it as, like, a masquerade thing, and obviously, like, they can't take them off. It's not, like, oh, like, we're just keeping these on to freak you out or because we don't want you to know our identity. So I think, like, once you kind of have the why behind it and you're like, oh, this is a curse, like, this isn't supposed to happen. I just thought it was funny and it really distracted me from, like, 
her describing him because then I'm like mm-hmm. the I guess the image that just kept coming into my my brain was like a Cinderella story <laughs> like Chad Michael Murray and now I'm like Tamlin is Chad Michael Murray to me forever um and <laughs> like that is just which is not a bad hilarious. thing it's no, not a bad thing no he's very handsome <laughs> um um I guess I want to know how do you feel about Tamlin like what are your thoughts on Tamlin and how do you feel about him? Oh, girl, do I have thoughts. Um, I, I'm so glad you asked. I don't like him. Um, I think he is a brooding, whiny baby. I think that he... <laughs> I just think he's, like, he's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, this is my, one of my biggest qualms with this first book is I don't think that him and her have like any sexual tension really until they get into that closet and like Mm -hmm. I think even their sex scene like wasn't it felt very disconnected I think because Tamlin was so closed off and he was so like um kind of like you know I didn't want this life this life like chose me kind of deal I guess if you're gonna be in that much power it would to me would be like sexier if you owned it and kind of Mm -hmm. like Reese and I was like "Mm, I can get behind that I like (laughs) I see I'm like I like him and and uh Feyre's you know whatever's going on between them so much more than what I like about Tamlin and her because I think it's I don't know he just feels like too (laughs) this is so bad oh god uh, relationship advice. He just feels too safe for her, mm-hmm. um, personally. He feels just very boring in vanilla. I don't know. Yeah, Honest I think opinion. I have heard a lot of girls say, especially regarding the first book, that how much they love Tamlin and, like, they fell for him and da-da-da-da. And, like, reading these books, like, I was like, how do they get to this point? Like, I want to see how, like, Farah and Tamlin's relationship starts. Um, and so I was just kind of, like, not wowed. I think the first time I felt like there was a little bit more sexual tension was around Calamai. I swear to God, I know I'm not probably saying it right. <laughs> but but when when... Honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. I felt more sexual tension between her and Lucian than I felt between <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> between her and Tamlin. But um, yeah. having said that, I think the only time that I kind of felt like, oh, <laughs> was when I th- she was, like, backed into, like, a corner right after Calamine. He's like, I had smelled you and, like, I knew yes. you were there and then I looked for you but I couldn't find you. Which I also think Calamai is a really weird type of thing. Like, I understand it. I get it. But on the same note, like, I think if you were trying to woo and win over a girl, to decide to participate in such an event, so, you know, it just kind of throws me off. When you're trying to, like, really establish a relationship with one person, then you're like, well, it's something I have to do. And then being very vague about the whole (laughs) goings-on of Calamai and not telling her. Yeah. And then just being like, like, oh, by the way, she, he has to go bed someone and <laughs> so the ground will be fertile or whatever. And, like, for someone who's looking at, at the last possible hope for your kingdom, you would think that you put a little less focus on the ritual of Calamai and a little bit more focus on the girl that's right in front of you, the one who yes. is supposed to break the curse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm so glad that you mentioned that because yes, the uh that scene was like, oh, okay, like just bite her and like, yes, absolutely. But then you realize that you're like, well, it's not him. Like he's overtaken mm-hmm. by the magics of the, right. you know, the magical powers of the land. So you're like, well, and then he's going to go back into like meh, boring. <laughs> but also, Damn. if he hadn't have done that, she would have never bumped into Mr. Sexy Pants. And, you know, with the suave type of, hello, I've been looking for you. Like, wow. All right. And on top of that, she was like, he was the most beautiful man I've ever seen. I was like, girl, 
Say less. I love me a man with dark hair and light eyes. So. Yeah. It was, uh, it, I think, like, also, I don't know if, like, Sarah, Ma- Sarah J. Mass t- intended to write it this way, but she totally, like, put Feyre as just, like, looking at Reese, like, he is just this god among men, which, like, he <laughs> is. And then, like, Tamlin's just, like, you're cute little guy next door and like he's beautiful but he's he's not he's not like you know making me like stop and like write all my words type deal tamlin's pretty reese is gorgeous (laughs) yes and then i think like you know as the as her challenge like when she goes into the under the mountain court and she Mm -hmm. You know, starts her challenges. <laughs> Sorry, I just, we just had like a full-on conversation in the car about like what we thought the worm looked like, and um, and oh god, my, 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 I know what you're gonna say. The worm from SpongeBob. It's yeah, the worm from SpongeBob. everyone says it. <laughs> everyone. I kid you not. Like that is like a running joke with the whole like Sarah J. Mass fandom. And that is what the worm looks like. Well, but it's that it's that, or it's the dune worm. It's like the yeah, like it's the like sandworms. Be- <laughs> yeah, between like something that looks like a, a cat's bum hole and the worm from <laughs> from SpongeBob, SpongeBob. which is like Mah. I think when they say worm, it's like I know it's spelt W O R M, and I think that they mean like W Y R M. So. When you look it up, it looks more like a dragon with no arms or legs. But honestly, no, I agree with you 100%. I'm like, the way that she described her, I'm thinking... At first, of course, I was thinking also Spongebob Worm. But then I was like, no, it like the if you really pay attention to how it's described, I think it would be closer to, like, the sandworms. Or, like, from the sandworms from, like, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yes. Is also what I thought. Um... But yeah, I just thought, like, interesting, but also one of my favorite parts was hearing that only one person put a bet on you, Feyre, and guess who it was? Well, that was fully and I was like Lucian, and then I was like, Period. Oh. No, not Lucian, not Tamlin, no. Our boy, Reese. Yeah, I also think I lost a lot of respect for Tamlin, like, in the court, when, like, mm-hmm. he just, like, wasn't... I get it. Like you're not you're not giving anything away. You're like stone cold killer, or whatever. But like, not one glance, not one longing look at her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I'm like, they have like the little hand touch, which is like, Ooh. like that's fun. Oh. But then it's like, I don't know. I can't. And then you have Reese, who's like literally speaking to her through a tattoo on her hand of like don't choose that (laughs) don't do that (laughs) and then like i don't know but it's just like one of the scenes you know the scene where he's like don't cry in front of her don't let her see your uh like don't let her see you cry and you can cry all you want Mm -hmm. when you get back to your cell but don't do it like stand tall and walk out of here i was like go coach her get it (laughs) (laughs) so I just, yeah. like, wonder what do you think about, like, Reese as, like, someone who is under the mountain and kind of is, like, doing Amarantha's bidding? I don't mind it because, mm-hmm. his, okay, let me get this straight. So his dad killed Tamlin's family? Yes. Or, okay. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's, like, him going, Tamlin's never gonna believe me if I tell him, like, like, I'm trying to help you, my guy. Because after, like, what my family did to his family, like, we're on bad mm-hmm. terms. And that makes sense. Right. Um, and I think, like, Reese just is like, I'll embrace it. Like, they're gonna call me this, I'll embrace it. And, like, really make Amarantha believe the story make everyone believe the story and then you get a little too caught in playing the role that Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's like well no I actually am gonna like be good but like I've done a lot of shitty stuff like 
I think you can almost say the same to Feyre's character, mm-hmm. in a way. Kind of like when she kills, when she kills like the Fae, like it wasn't necessarily doing anything, but she knew like if I kill this this wolf, like it will feed my family. If I kill this wolf, it will possibly protect it from killing any amount of villagers or my sisters or, like, continue, like, everything. She continues, puts up that front while she's in the spring court until, like, you know, she gets a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I think in that respect, like, her and Reese are similar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, we'll definitely see more of Reese because she has the tattoo still and she made a deal. Yes. Um, what do you think of her sisters and how she grew up and their dynamic? When I first started it, I kept thinking of Feyre as the oldest just by mm-hmm. the way she acted. Um, or even the middle child, I was kept thinking like, is it Elaine? Is her younger sister? Yeah. Younger sister? Yeah, I got thinking Elaine the was the youngest. Um, and so I... But then, like, once I realized that Pharaoh was, like, the youngest, I was like, fuck this family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she, she's out there grinding. And then, like, you know, they're spending all their money. And then she comes back and then Nesta's just, like, gone a little batshit crazy. And then, um, which I kind of liked, and then I liked Nesta a lot more once they came back, when she came back, mm-hmm. um, and, like, shared in the trauma, and was like, I'm, yeah, no, don't tell me, like, another lie, because I know you weren't with that dying aunt. Um, <laughs> and I think, like, I liked her then. I think, yeah, I think her dad is just, like, a straight up, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't love him. <laughs> I think, you know, agreed. Su- suck it up, Buttercup, kind of deal. Like your mm-hmm. family's starving. Um, so that's how I feel. I I don't mind them, but I think Nesta would be my favorite out of the whole family. Uh, I, as you will continue on to read, and this may come as a shock, Nesta is actually my favorite character in the whole series. Oh, okay. but. I'm not telling you why, and you'll have to get there eventually. <laughs> you'll have to keep... I do uh, love Farrah, obviously. Obviously, mm-hmm. I do love Farrah. Obviously, I do love um, Elaine as well. I, I'm i a big fan of Elaine. Some people are not. I'm a very yeah. big fan of Elaine, and everyone else can shove it. I love her so much. <laughs> I, but, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't mind her. I think, like, going forward... Um, as we continue on this series, which is so exciting. Um, obviously, I'll have more and more and more questions for you and how you're feeling about oh, things. Um, do you have any more questions for me? Yes, I do, actually. Um, the ending, them mm-hmm. turning her into a high fae, yeah. makes things interesting. What, what were yeah. your initial thoughts when you read that? So, I was, like... It's it's crazy how it happens. Yeah. And I think I think the part of her dying is really interesting. Like that she can almost she's almost above it all. Like okay. she can see everything that's kind of happening. Um and then just like I think it's it's going to be a huge huge shock for her like finding a place cuz now she knows she can't go back. She can't go home. Like, she is now and forever in Perithian. She can't go home because, you know, the humans hate Haifei and are completely afraid of them for good reason. I mean, mm-hmm. things had happened in the past, and but I think it's going to be hard for her because she's had so many lies fed to her that mm-hmm. it's like kind of like peeling back what is true, what isn't true, what is there to learn this whole new kingdom this new culture that you've never experienced in your life, you're now going to be thrusted into, and this is your life now. And, like, yes, you got a little taste of it, 
mm-hmm. you know. But at the time, who's to say she didn't think the only thing out there was, like, the spring court, or she didn't really have a... I mean, she went into the library, so she knows they're separated into different, like, ki- like courts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, actually, like, seeing that and then experiencing that, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. And then knowing that there's not really a safe place... I mean, other than, of course, the spring court, there's not really a safe place for her to go back to like there was in the mortal realm. Mm-hmm. And I think that will be a really interesting transition for her and even for her family cuz you know like Nesta was worried <laughs> to the point where she tried to go across the wall. Yeah. And so I mean I think she knows now that like Fair is more than capable of taking care of herself, but I think the problem is that you know in my opinion, like, if I was her sister, I'd be like, well, that doesn't matter. She just went to go fight some crazy witch under the mountain <laughs> or yeah. some crazy curse or what have you. Like, they yeah. didn't know exactly why she was going back or where she was going back to and what was happening. Like, it wasn't really explained. So I guess in that way, it's great because she doesn't really know about, yeah. um, what's her name? <laughs> Amarantha. Like, her family didn't really know about Amarantha, but... Yeah. Yeah. Amarantha was a cruel person. <laughs> she was... She or, was sorry. wild. She's a cruel female. Yeah. It's not even her person. Faye. deserved the end that she got. Just absolutely obliterated by Tamlin. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of great. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with uh, pretty much all you're saying. I think it was... I think it helps the story a lot, because I think if mm-hmm. you were to keep her human, you would have this continuing storyline of, like, she's so fragile. Like, yeah. how are you going to, um, like, go into battle and have her, like, actually hold her own and actually contribute um, and actually, like, do something? And I think, like, that helps it not be just, yeah. like almost like Bella from Twilight, where they're like, protect yeah. her at all costs. And like, <laughs> like, she's just standing there. like She could die at any moment. <laughs> yeah. She's not immortal like us. She'll die. And, like, that even plays into the whole, like, her and Tamlin romance. It's like, if she was a human, ain't no chance she's staying with Tammy. <laughs> she, she's dead in a couple of years. That's, like, what, a blink of an eye for them? They live to be, like, thousands of years old. Yeah. So. so. Mm. What did you think of the very, very end? That scene between her and Reese when what, they're, like, like the... kind of saying goodbye. Ooh. Um, I loved it because it played into uh, my hope, which is they are definitely going to bang. I know it. <laughs> I know it in my heart. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I just, like, like, the way she wrote him as, like, being a little softer and, like, kind of having this, like, but I don't know what it meant when he, like, looked at her. I don't know what that means. And so, um, is it, wait, now it's coming to me. Is it because he, re- wait, no, because he was there when he, they turned her into a high fae. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Do you find out? Mm-hmm. In the next book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great, because I don't know. I don't have any speculations. Okay. Um, I guess, like, what do you think about, like, her going back to her now Faye life, going back to live with Tamlin and all that? Um, it's fine. I mean, like... <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> Not the place and the nice. beast you were hoping for? <laughs> no. Uh, yes. I mean, like, I'm happy they're together. I think, like, I have a feeling that she is going to keep a lot of things bottled up inside and it's going to come to fruition in a really nasty way. And Tamlin's not going to know how to deal with it because he is so emotionally stunted himself. So I think, um, word, yeah, I have a feeling that that's not going to go well. And I think it was like a little cheesy for them to like, 
you know, we're looking upon our land and it's our home. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's really interesting to me because, like, you are one of the only people that I've heard that it's like, mm, I could live without Tamlin. <laughs> like, from really? the first read. From the first read. Like, really. Like, people, like, absolutely fall in love with him. And, like, I'm on the same page as you, but also, you know... Yeah. There's some foresight of, like, Tamlin's character that I have that you don't necessarily have. Um, not to say, not to say that things don't happen between them, or not. I'm not telling you. <laughs> but, but I... I just think, like, in general, like, it, it, it would also have been a red flag to me, even if I didn't know things that happened, like, later on, the way that he acted... And also, like, I'm sorry, but the second you brought in someone who looks like Reese, <laughs> I was like, oh, it doesn't even matter. Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter to me if it was, like, the absolute worst, if the man was like Amarantha. <laughs> That's the unfortunate part. <laughs> I'm like, you gave me a blonde man, and you expected me not to choose the brunette. <laughs> I think, like, even in that series we read, like, Daughter of the Moon Goddess, yeah. I was like, yeah... I mean, do I care that he's the bad guy? No. No. Will I continue to thirst after him? 100%. Yeah. So, I think it's just interesting that you and I are kind of on the same page with, like, genuinely not liking Tamlin. Like, (laughs) even though, like, he is supposed to be our, he is our love interest, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think I blame you, genuinely, uh, because (laughs) you, like, you just kept, we keep reading books where, like, the tall, dark, and handsome is, like, the main love interest, um, and so that's, I guess, where my brain goes, is, like, I'm much more drawn to, like, the bad guy, um, rather. You're welcome. Which Every girl is. (laughs) Yeah. Which is so funny, because I'm married to, like, the nicest, most kind man in the entire world and like so far from the bad boy which I love because um, that's what I would choose uh for my forever husband but it's fun to be mm-hmm. able to read like the bad boy um of it all and I think like there's just a lot more depth to his character I think is where I mm-hmm. is where I come at it it's like Tamlin also got big red flags for like kidnapping her and um again I don't like, Beauty and the Beast is not, it was never and is not my favorite, like, princess story because of that. It just feels very, like, I don't know. It's it's Stockholm, whatever it is. The um, Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, where you fall in love with your captor. And I just don't like it. I mean, Reese has also, you know, permanently marked her, um, so that's not great either. But... A little Stockholm syndrome, yeah. A little well. Stockholm syndrome as well. She's just not. She's just in a rough spot. In she general. can't win. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Go back to your human boy who's just like tossing up in the hay. He's a safe choice. Well, she can't. He's married now. Yeah, she's high fashion. Yeah, you're like eh, right. <laughs> well, now she can't go back at all. So that's true. That's or true. they'll burn her <laughs> like a witch. Yeah, mm. so that's it. I don't know. I just got weird vibes from him, and I did not. I didn't like like. I didn't really get a whole lot of like love tension between them. So mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest thing too. It's like I didn't I think... get the chance to fall in love when they fell in love. Yeah. Also, so. I think, like I said, I think her and Lucian have more chemistry. He's sassy and he's funny, and yeah. he had some good one-liners. I'll say. <laughs> I know. He's great. Not a good friend, but great. No. But, like, even them just, like, her, you know, her going hunting with Lucian, like, that whole scene is, like, you feel much more, like, I felt like I, like, since I had just finished reading Outlander, I felt like I was reading a scene of, like, Claire and Jamie going off on a ride (laughs) together. Like, that's (laughs) how I felt. That's hilarious. Because they're, like, giving each other shit and, like, all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that's. You're like, let's do that. Like. Yeah. And then, no. Nothing. <laughs> um, I feel. Oh, actually, one more question before we get into final ratings. Um, mm-hmm. 
to do with Lucian, I was talking with friends in the car, and they they had just started rereading the series as well as the new Crescent mm-hmm. City book comes out, and they were saying that the second time through, they really liked Lucian's character the first time through. The second time through, they didn't like his character as much. Facts. Is that facts? Okay. It's I've I genuinely feel that there are multiple reasons. I think, I think it has to do with like later on. I, I will say when I first again. First, reading this first book, I think, is very different than reading the rest of the series. This is my first time reading the first book. So, for me, it was like, oh, I get why everyone likes Lucian. But having started on the second book and then continued on with the series, I haven't liked him. And I still don't love him. I don't, I don't dis dislike him as much as I did, but there are reasons that I'm kind of just really thrown off by his character because in a lot of ways, like, he is, he is really kind and really, like, he's a good male, as, like, they like to say, but I think there are, when he's put to the test, I don't think he makes good decisions. And I think that kind of continues on throughout the series of him, in my, in my opinion, making, like, really questionable decisions and continues to make questionable decisions. So, like, I, mm. I don't love him. I like him in this specific book. I really like him. I think he's really sassy. But I also was extremely disappointed in him for not trying harder and then also, like, putting her up with the cereal and then not not helping when she screamed immediately i was like she's your last hope (laughs) and then you were just like yeah i hesitated by the way like i wasn't gonna come save you but you know he still comes down to like kind of aid her in the ways that he can somewhat yeah I did think he I mean, half-assed it, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, because, I mean, yes, I think 100% yes, he half-assed it. I get that he's afraid. I get that mm-hmm. he's, like, I have, I have people here who I care about, who really is Tamlin and his mother. But, <laughs> but I, I don't think that's an excuse, because when the step, when the odds are stacked against everyone at that point it's kind of like yeah I could lose like these near and dear people to me or my own life but what does that mean for the whole of Perithian you know what I mean like I just kind of would he doesn't have a hero's heart to me Mm -hmm. and I think that's what kind of bothers me (laughs) yeah yeah because he could be a better, he could be a better person, <laughs> male, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, all right. I love it. Well, let's get into uh, final ratings of book one of Akatar. I gave it a four okay. out of five. Um, mm-hmm. I said I liked it. Um, because again, it was something familiar, yet you build on it with this, like, magical world giving, um, you know, new characters and new, you know, rules, and she really does a good job at, like, establishing you right from the start of, like, this is the world, this is how it works, um, here's the, here's who the bad guys are according to this person, here's who the bad guys are according to this person, um, you know, this is the war that happened. She just, like, does a very good job at giving you a very good background of the world you're living in, um, without it being, like, too crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. it, like, I hear that the main complaint is, like, it was such a slow build because of this world building. I didn't mind it. Like, I didn't think it was, like, too slow, to be totally honest. Like, I think it was fine. Um, and, the thing that I didn't like was, like, the, it felt like a slow build between Tamlin and Feyre, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, 
they're together. You're like hot and uh, heavy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I like Reese and her so much better is because there's like this error of they can't get together right away because of all these obstacles and then they're just gonna start like building that tension and you just don't get that between Tamlin and Feyre in mm-hmm. my opinion. But whatever. Um, and then I just said I'm hooked. I'm ready to continue this series. So if you hook me, I'll give you a four. <laughs> all right. Um, mm-hmm. I think on Goodreads, I did give it a five, but I would have given it in real life like a 4.5. For me, definitely not Sarah's best book, but again, she's world building. She is creating things that will play into other things down the line and she is i think she did a really great job at creating this heinous disgusting horrible antagonist which is amarantha Mm -hmm. and like absolutely vile because of like how much hate she has in her heart and like the way she treats these other fays and on top of that like creating this curse and you know just the whole the whole thing of it all like the world building is amazing genuinely as per usual with Sarah um but I think there are some bits that like this was a slow moving book for me compared to her other stuff like Crescent City you get into it immediately and you're a little confused because you're like what's going on this one's a little less confusing but it's a little less heavy as well so I feel like in that way um I guess it's just not I mean definitely her books from this series like further down the line they're just more there's more to eat up you know there's just so Mm -hmm. much more going on and I think in this one it was just a little bit it falls a little bit for me but not enough that I would ever ever say anything bad about Sarah because this is an amazing book and I continue to love the world building and everything that she does the little easter egg she plants throughout all of her series so that one day we'll all eventually be like oh that's why it happened that way so I think really cool yeah I love it well let's get into our pairings Uh, where we will pick drinks, TV shows, other books, and movies that might parallel with today's uh, book. And um, I'm guessing we'll probably only do this once uh, throughout the whole series, because it's probably going to be very similar as we keep continuing on. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start out with drink. Drink? I just did a red sangria. I think, like, throwing in some bits of, like springtime fruit but also you have that that blood red kind of deal to really I don't know bring everything together so you have that like sunshine fruit you're in the spring court but then there's all that blood red um amaranthas is the blight or whatever yes love it um, I, kind of similar, uh, I did Out East Côtes de Provence Rosé, um, which is the bottle that's, like, uh, that has a little rose on the top. It's, like, a rosé with, like, okay. a little rose. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it went well, because, yeah, I, yeah, I went off of, like, spring court, so you want something, like, springy, um, and something light, and then it also has the roses, which ties into the rose garden that Tamlin's parents would use um so anyways that's why i chose (laughs) uh tv show i think anything like high fae so i was thinking more or less like rings of power um again not a hundred percent exactly like this but again it's high fae it's interesting you have really strong female protagonists and I think that is really important. I chose (laughs) this is so trashy but I chose out of like I went off of kind of the love triangle so of course I had to choose Vampire Diaries. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean they embody you know you have Damon who's the bad boy and you have Stefan. 
Stefan. Yeah, Stefan. God, it's been so long since I've watched it. Who's like, you know, the Tamlin of it all, like the good guy who's trying to <laughs> do it. Maybe that's where it oh comes from. Maybe. Because <laughs> I was definitely a Damon person. Me so. too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's so uh, funny to hear when, like, my friends tell me, oh, I was the Stefan girl. I was like, really? Okay. All right. Interesting. Choice. You sure? <laughs> okay. Book. Um, I just said continue on. Um, <laughs> go and read A Court of Mist and Fury. And we will read it. We will. So stay tuned. <laughs> so excited. Um, my, I, so I chose two. Um, so I did... Crescent City series, but you would have to finish this series and then go read Crescent City series. But um, I mean, it did link you don't to have to, but it would well, be best. Yeah, you should. You should. Um, you should. I mean, you could put you pulled me and just read Crescent City before this, so it's a little weird. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one. And then my other one was another Beauty and the Beast retelling, which is the classic beastly um which they made into a movie uh starring vanessa hudgens and it was so bad um but you know i think you should definitely give it a go if you're if you're really looking for another beauty in the beast you're into that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um movie i just kind of picked more of like whimsical vibe um with a little bit of humor so i picked ellen enchanted i think that's really funny and it goes into like quote unquote the evil stepsisters which i don't think nesta and elaine are evil i just think they're not doing anything so (laughs) but i do think it kind of has that fun thrust into an adventure type of vibe i like it i like it a lot um i also chose two or movies for this because i couldn't not choose uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, mm-hmm. I put the I put the most recent like live action version because I feel like that was what kept popping into my brain when I was reading it, um, not the cartoon version. But go watch the cartoon version because it's always fun. Um, and then <laughs> the other one again is such trash, but I couldn't not think of it when I was reading, which is Twilight. Um, you have pretty much the entire plot line of twilight in this book as well <laughs> yes that's mine <laughs> i th- i think you could also even say there's a french version of beauty and the beast um and that one's a little bit darker and so i think that one's a little bit better than the than the disney one there there it is so we just read the first book um and i think we're deciding right here on the podcast that we will continue the series and we will continue to make episodes um recapping each book of this series because why the heck not um yeah if we're going to be reading them anyways so sierra how how do you feel that now that i've embarked on this journey i'm so excited (laughs) i've like been wanting you to do this because i was like oh man she's gonna want to do the crescent city on this podcast i'm like i know her i am so excited because now you'll have a lot more context behind some more of what's going to happen in crescent city three and i think it's really important because sarah's a mastermind and she continues to blow us away every single day um (laughs) Every single day. Every time I read it, I I find something new. So I'm so excited for you, and I'm so excited for this journey we're about to take. (laughs) It'll be so fun. I can't wait. So stay tuned. Um, And for our next uh, episode of this, that will probably combine two of the books. So... Thank you so much, um, and we will be back with another episode next month, so cheers! Cheers! Well, that's the show. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. That's at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. This episode is a JB Media production produced and edited by Jenna Weston.